Welcome to Lyrics in Life, a podcast where music inspires personal growth. We're thankful for all of you who have joined us. And if you enjoy the show, please follow us on your favorite platform and also rate and review the show. Your feedback helps us reach more listeners. And connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at lyricsinlife.online. And also get a free journal and guide for self-discovery on our website. So let's begin this episode and embrace the growth it brings through the magic of lyrics and life. Welcome to episode number 20. In this episode, we'll be discussing Graves in the Gardens by Brandon Lake and Elevation Worship. Graves in the Gardens is a song that talks about how powerful and dependable God is. It tells us that even when life is tough, God can turn things around and make them better. He can change sadness into happiness, and he's always there for us. This song is all about faith, reminding us that God's plans work out and his love never ends. So let's kick off the commentary on this song by discussing verse 1. So verse 1 goes, I searched the world, but it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough. And then you came along and put me back together and every desire is now satisfied here in your love. This first verse talks about how people often try to find happiness in things like money and other people's approval, but these things really don't make you feel complete. It's just like trying to fill a hole that can never be filled. In the Bible, Matthew 16, 26 says, What good is it if you have everything in the world but lose your inner self? This means that even if you have lots of stuff, it doesn't mean that you'll truly be happy. You need to take care of your spiritual and emotional well-being. The song's verse really connects with this Bible verse. It says that when you find a deep, meaningful connection, it is like someone came into your life and made you feel whole again. This connection is more satisfying than all the temporary things in the world. True happiness comes from meaningful relationships and spiritual fulfillment, not just from material things. And I completely agree because sometimes we try to fill the emptiness deep inside our hearts with things other than God. We might seek approval from others or believe that buying something will make us more happy. This is just a part of being human, I believe. And it could be because our past experiences or how we were brought up has affected how our thinking is. But when we get to know God, we realize that the world's possessions and other people's approval will never actually truly satisfy us. God becomes the one who fills that empty space in our hearts, giving us a lasting sense of fulfillment and contentment. And the lyrics talk about how God's coming into our lives and fixing what's broken inside of us. He does this because he loves us. And when we experience his love, We no longer feel empty, and all our wants and needs are met by Him. And once we know God's love, the things we used to desire from the world don't really matter as much anymore. His love wakes us up to a different way of seeing things. It's like those worldly desires are actually no longer important to us. So we're going to jump to the chorus, and it starts out, There's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you. Lord, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. I'm going to start off with some Bible verses that reflect this chorus, and then Katrina is going to add a little bit more here in a minute. So Psalm 75, 25 through 26 says, Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. 
My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And in Philippians 3.8, it says, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain in Christ. Both David and Paul's writings here emphasize that there is nothing on earth or in heaven that can compare to God. He is our ultimate source of strength and satisfaction, and knowing Christ is of surpassing value. And this underscores the idea that God is truly the best and nothing else even comes close to him. The chorus of this song repeats the powerful message that there's nothing better than you. In simple terms, it emphasizes the idea that God's goodness and love are beyond compare. It's like saying that no one and nothing in the world can be as amazing and loving as God. This connects with the Bible verse from Psalm 34, 8, which says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. This verse encourages us to experience God's goodness for ourselves, just like tasting something delicious. It also tells us that when we trust in God and find our shelter or refuge in him, we are truly blessed. The chorus and the Bible verse convey that God's love and goodness are so wonderful that they surpass anything we can find in the world. It's a reminder that no one and nothing can be better and more loving than God. So when we turn to Him, we can discover a love and goodness that truly make our lives better and more blessed. So we're going to jump on to verse 2 now. And it says, I'm not afraid to show you my weakness. My failures and flaws, Lord, you've seen them all, and you still call me friend. Because the God of the mountain is the God of the valley, and there's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again. The second verse of this song highlights the themes of vulnerability and authenticity. It says, I'm not afraid to show you my weakness. My failures and flaws, Lord, you've seen them all, and you still call me friend. This talks about not hiding your imperfections from God. Be honest and be open about your struggles and your shortcomings. The lyrics express the idea that God still accepts and befriends them, flaws and all. He will take you right where you are, at your highest high or your lowest low. He'll pick you up and he'll put you back together and help you right where you are right now. The sense of vulnerability and authenticity aligns with Psalm 139, 1-3, which states that God knows us inside and out. It says, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. This verse shows that God's love encompasses our entire being, including our weaknesses and our mistakes. This verse also talks about how the God of the mountain is the God of the valley. This means that God's love and support are consistent in both good times and tough times. There is no place where God's mercy and grace cannot reach. No matter how weak or flawed we might feel, God's love is unwavering and never-ending. 
He is always there to lift us up, no matter where we are in life's journey. It is a comforting reminder that we can be our true selves with God, imperfections at all, and he will still embrace us with his unconditional love. I love the fact that Katrina grabbed Psalms 139, 1 through 3, because as I was doing my little bit of research and getting my notes and everything in this podcast, I actually went a little further on Psalm 139 and chose uh, verses 7 through 10, which can which states, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. And if I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. The lyrics tell us that it's okay to show God our weakness, our mistakes, and all the ways we fall short, which is a complete opposite of what the world um, requests of us. They want you to be the strongest thing, and if you show any kind of weakness, it means you're weak. If you show any kind of vulnerability, you're weak. And God's the complete opposite where he's like, show me your weakness because I will make you strong. And those weaknesses that we try to hide so much, he already knows them. But when we actually acknowledge them and let him into our hearts, he loves us and he says, hey, guess what? I'm still here. I can still, I still consider you my friend, even though I know who you exactly are. And this connects with this idea of surrender we've discussed in many previous episodes. And surrendering means being open and honest with God about our flaws because he wants this genuine and deep relationship with us, not this surface relationship where we just kind of hide our deepest flaws and we just show him just a little bit, kind of like we maybe do with our friends or if we just meet somebody brand new. But he wants that deep relationship with us because there is nothing better than a relationship with him. And it's all about being real with him. And the lyrics remind us that God is always with us, no matter where we are, whether we're on top of the world or we're going through the toughest of times, God is right there with us in the middle of that pit or on the top mountains. And he's like a faithful friend who, who joins us in our difficult moments. He offers us kindness and forgiveness And it's a comforting thought that no matter where we are in life, God's grace and mercy are there for us. So we're going to move on the bridge and the bridge is kind of long and it has a lot of information in it. So we broke it off into two pieces. So bridge number number one is you turn mourning to dancing. You give beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory. You're the only one who can. And the bridge really talks about the incredible power of God's grace and redemption. It mentions how God can turn mourning into dancing, replaces ashes with beauty, and transforms shame into glory. This means that God has the remarkable ability to take our sadness, mistakes, and feelings of shame and turn them into something wonderful and uplifting. This idea is closely connected to Isaiah 61.3, which speaks of God's promises to give a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, 
and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. This verse of the Bible emphasizes that God's love and care can change our sorrowful moments into times of happiness, our regrets into moments of praise, and our burdens into sources of strength. This bridge really highlights the transformative power of God's grace and redemption. It teaches us that God has the extraordinary ability to take our pain and our difficulties and just turn them into beautiful and joyful moments. It is a reassuring reminder that God's love can bring healing and positive change to our lives no matter what we've been through. Just give it up to God and he will get you through it. So Katrina touched on this bridge beautifully, and I really think that she did a fantastic job with her commentary on it. And what I did was I kind of broke down each of those. There's actually three sections that I broke down. Um, The first one being mourning into dancing. And the thought of mourning, this is a grieving process that's natural. Like Job experienced the complete loss of everything. That's including his children. God absolutely restored him due to his unwavering faith, proving that God can take difficult seasons and turn them into dancing. Because if you recall with the, with the story of Job, he lost everything. He lost his home, livestock, his children. He lost everything. And God replenished it. And he gave him more than he had before. And this is the kind of comfort that God provides. He provides this this grieving process that we can go through and he takes it and turns it from mourning into dancing. And this thought of beauty for ashes, and this one hits kind of home for actually both of us, but we have several friends that have overcome difficult pasts, especially with drugs and alcohol, and to see their lives completely restored We continue to see God making their lives more beautiful as the days go on. So the days that they had of ashes, that they just, they just were just underneath this, just there, there wasn't really anything there. And God took those ashes and made something beautiful is just truly amazing. And I'm actually hoping that some of our friends that are listening, that are hopefully that some of our friends are listening to this right now. And I want to say to you, I'm so freaking proud of you and so privileged to know you. And I want to thank you for your encouragement and your friendship because you are truly an inspiration and proof that God is more real than anything else. And also this idea of shame into glory. And this kind of rolls in what I just said before in the Beauty for Ashes that some of our pasts are shameful or so we think. But when we connect with God, we soon realize that he is not a God of shame but of glory. And that glory he gives you is such an inspiration. So the second part of the bridge starts, you turn graves into gardens, you turn bones into armies, you turn seas into highways. You're the only one who can. This second bridge is filled with powerful imagery of transformation. It mentions how God can turn graves into gardens bones into armies, and seas into highways. This vivid language illustrates the idea that God can bring life to situations that seem lifeless and dead. When it says God can turn graves into gardens, it's like saying God can take something sad or hopeless 
and make it thrive with new life and growth. This bridge makes me think of how he has changed our graves into gardens personally in this past year. One grave in our life was our daughter going in for surgery. The garden is, I surrendered my life to him and now live for him, and he's changing our lives around for the better. Another grave would have been Barry fracturing his leg, and the garden is, we had time to start this podcast, and we're recording our 20th episode. What are the graves and gardens in your life? We would love for you to comment or reach out to us to share your stories of how God is turning your graves into gardens. The idea of turning bones into armies suggests that God can take what appears weak or fragmented and turn it into a strong and united force. And I want to touch on that graves in the gardens and bones in the armies because this is referencing Ezekiel. So the Lord's spirit, he carried Ezekiel down into the valley filled with dry bones, dead bones everywhere. And they just covered the ground. And God asked Ezekiel, if they could live again. And he said, only you know that Lord. So God told him to speak to the bones. And as he did, they came together and flesh grew on them, but they actually had no breath. And then God told him to speak to the winds, to speak to the winds. And they breathed life into those bodies, forming a great army. And God explained that these bones represented the people of Israel feeling hopeless And he promised to bring them back to the land and put his spirit in them and fulfill his word. And when it mentions turning seas into highways, it's like God can create paths and opportunities and situations that may seem impossible to navigate. And the awesome part is that you don't have to navigate any of it alone. God will be by your side helping you navigate and he'll do the dirty work. He will always be there for you. And even when you don't think he is there, he is. In this season, the highways reference references Moses split in the Red Sea so the Israelites could walk through it on dry land. And I love this reference and it considers a challenging journey or obstacle that may seem impossible to overcome. But through faith and perseverance, someone finds a way to navigate through it so smoothly. This imagery is a reminder of God's incredible power to bring transformation and hope to even the most challenging circumstances. It's a message of resilience and faith, teaching us that no matter how bleak a situation may seem, God has the unique ability to breathe life and purpose into it. This bridge inspires us to trust in God's transformative power and to believe that He can turn the most lifeless moments into thriving and purposeful ones. So as we wrap up this episode, we just want to remind you that God's love and presence shines through these lyrics of Graves in the Gardens, which offer hope and transformation in every aspect of our lives. And through the Bible's powerful stories and verses and our own personal relationships, we see how God can turn our brokenness into beauty and our despair into hope. This is a song that tells a beautiful story of how God's love can change our lives. It teaches us that looking for happiness in material things often leaves us feeling empty. But when we turn to God, we can share our weaknesses and our mistakes without fear. God's love has the power to turn our sadness into joy, our shame into honor, 
and even the toughest situations into something amazing. So let's remember that no matter how difficult our journey may be, God is always with us, ready to turn our deepest sorrows into dancing and our darkest moments into pathways of light. His love is the ultimate source of strength and fulfillment, and it's an unending well of grace and mercy. This song is a message of hope. It says that with God, we can find comfort and renewal. It's a reminder that His love can make our lives better and bring beauty out of even the most challenging moments. When you listen to this song, let it touch your heart and remind you of the incredible power of God's love to transform our lives for the better. 